Welcome to episode 325 of the Doctor of the Day, Doctor Who Podcast. And this is David, and I'm here with my wife, Ginger. Hello. And we're going to talk about episode 2 of The Robots of Death. <laughs> so, uh, we have a reprise of our previous ending scene the Doctor being covered by what turns out to be cork chips. Um, he's being covered by the ore in the silo. And in the supply room where Leela is hiding, we see some of the S robots removing the body of Chubb and they wheel him out and Leela follows after them. Um, the doctor has made a bit of a snorkel of sorts to try to breathe under the, all of the ore. We're not sure really what he's used. Could you tell? Just a long black pipe of some kind. Yeah. That's all it was. They're uh, not long after they someone opens the door to the silo and the doctor that steps out and it's one of the robots. And the doctor says, Well, how did you know I was in there? And he says well, I detected impurities in the core, and so I came to check on that. And the robot says, well, and Commander Juvenov wants you to be restrained for questioning. And so more robots have come up behind the doctor, and so he is uh, taken into their custody. Leela runs back after watching the robots take the body out. Uh, comes to tell the doctor that, oh, you're right, there is a body. And she sees he's not in the lounge area, the waiting room, but she sees something moving behind a black curtain in an alcove. And so she continues talking, think it's, thinking it's the doctor. She pulls aside the, the drape, and uh, it's one of the um, crewmen. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I neglected to mention the crew were all assembled talking about the. F- uh, in their lounge area, and some of them got up to go and look for the killers that were loose on the ship. And the commander said, oh, the robots can handle that, and I don't want to get killed myself. So it's one of these two crewmen that had gone off looking. I couldn't catch the name. Uh, is the one, one of them is dead now. As he falls over dead, Leela, in surprise, looks behind and there's a black robot standing there and he has the insignia of D8 um, in the waiting room area and and he tries to calm her down, talks to her and says they mustn't know that I'm here we see the external uh, uh, shot of the ship and the mining is continuing on in fact, it was the same view of the ship we saw in the first intro episode uh, as it's powering through the rocks. So this D8 robot is questioning Leela, saying, well, what are you doing here? And she says, I don't have to answer to you, you mechanical man. And then um, he says, uh, he asks her if she knows what the reflector is. And um, she says, I don't know. Why don't you ask 
to know some of the crew and if there's anyone still alive. And he grabs her and, um, to quiet her when the commander comes in and he says, oh, so we've caught you too and we've got the doctor. And uh, he comes over, comes over, does he go to strike her, I think? Ivana? Yeah. He does strike her. He does hit her and uh, accuses her of this latest murder and she kicks him. Um, and she says, I didn't light her hand. Just ask this, this robot was here. She says, that's a D8. They're D for dumb. They don't even, they don't speak. He's, well, have you asked him about that? Meaning the robot. So we see a lot of uh, more sarcasm from Leela. <laughs> so uh, another crewman, Poole, I think his name is, um, mm -hmm. He comes in, and he tells oh uh, he tells the uh, commander that the doctor's been found, and then uh, he says to to Leela asks her, so what is this reflector that you put on them? He says, and uh, the commander says, well, don't now that you've said that, it, you've kind of ruined our questioning of her, you know. And uh, so he commands that she's taken away for questioning. So the doctor and Leela are questioned together with the commander and some of the other assembled crew. The doctor says, oh, we're just travelers. We landed here by accident. And the commander says, it, it, miles and miles of uncharted desert. And it's just a coincidence that you land here and now there are several murders. And the doctor says, his says, says, oh, that was not a rhetorical question. No, it really was a coincidence. <laughs> There's more arguing amongst the crew members. And then the commander tells the D8 robot to take the doctor and Leela away, restrain them. We see uh, one of the gold robots on one of the catwalks, walkways near the near the silo areas and a close-up of his hand a human hand puts a reflector in his grasp and we hear a human whisper Zilba and the robot says I will kill Zilba um, sorry, I think I, um, so the doctor and Leila have been restrained they've been sort of just these walls, uh, posts, and there's uh, bright, shiny kind of uh, metal bands, one around the neck, one around the tor torso, and um, Leela says, nice to, to leave our arms free. Um, we, we assume that, that we go back to the, the bridge and the crew are on their, um, back on the storm and looking for their ore and talking about getting more and more uh, filling their coffers full and what they're going to split um, share-wise. Poole comes to talk to the doctor and he says, you, uh, you said we were overlooking something before, so what was that? And uh, 
the doctor talks to him a bit. Lula says not to trust him. Um, the doctor says after he gets him to loosen or remove his bonds, uh, well, what if one of your robots did it? He says, oh, well, it's the first rule of robot lives. Like the doctor says, yes, I know. But what if somebody figured out how to supersede that? You know, what's going to happen if, if that's what who the killer is? So Pools considers this and he ends up freeing both of them so that they can go and uh, investigate. Zilda, one of the crew, um, who has had more than enough taunting and talking to by the commander, uh, it's obvious he does or she doesn't like him. There's, uh, he doesn't seem to like her either. But she says she's taking her rest break and leaves her her post. And uh, he makes no little comment about that, and she goes off. And it turns out she enters a room, some rest quarters, and starts looking at, at, at different things on the desk. Poole has taken the doctor and uh, Leela to the crime scene where, where Chubb was found and murdered. Murdered and found. Um, and they go over what he was doing. Poole says that he was going to get one of these packs that he sends up with the balloons and this survey um, position that he had. And so he says, well, you know, show me one of his packs. And so Poole goes over to to pick one off a shelf and it's like jammed or stuck and it's really too heavy for him to lift and he can't really get it. And um, the doctor goads him on and says, well, come on, the storm's coming. What do you do, man? When you're trying to get, I'd call for a robot. And the light comes on over his head. It's like, exactly. So Zilda reads something that's very upsetting um, at the desk and starts to cry and grabs a, the intercom uh, type radio and calls to the bridge and addresses Yuvanov and accuses the commander of the murders and then starts sobbing and then the microphone kind of cuts off. Um, the commander, well, twos radios in to pool and tells him that he needs to get to Commander uh, Yuvanov's quarters because Tilda was there and the commander just ran off to get to her and he wants she wants him to intercept the commander so he gets there Zilda is uh, dead at the desk the commander standing over her and Poole's um, thinks that the commander does think that the commander did it he says, oh no she was dead and I got here and they've they have an argument about this. Doctor and Lula are having a discussion in the, in the waiting room where they're stationed, sitting, um, about robot societies and what this could mean, how they people always 
I've never gotten over the creep factor that Leela says, a creepy mechanical man and this doctor knows of many societies that are dependent on robots for work and for other things, but they all find them a little creepy still. And how you know, this will affect other societies. Poole and Ivanov are still fighting, and Poole tries to relieve Ivanov of his of duty, and they start fighting, and he knocks out Ivanov. Leela tells the doctor she has like something's changed, and she has a bad feeling about things, and the doctor says, "Oh no, you don't." <laughs> but then the ship suddenly lists terribly, and there's some some type of problem and so they they run out of there and um, then on the bridge we see that Tooz is trying to take control and figure out what's happening and uh, then uh, Poole comes in uh, a robot comes into where Poole is and he tells the robot to restrain the commander. Um, he's been knocked out, but he'll be fine, but restrain him. And he goes off to the bridge. Doctor and Leela also go over to the bridge, and uh, we hear Das radio in that Borg, one of the other members that went to look for the killers, has been found dead. And that the uh, engines are running at higher levels, and because they've been sabotaged, something in the engine rooms. The doctor comes in and asks what the problem is and says, well, you need to cut the engines. And she, she says, you know, well, if they do that, since they're gliding along on the power of their, um, their drilling scoop, they will sink in the sand in the desert. So it's like, you know, blow up or sink. So the, uh, the robots are saying, well, the readings are even higher. The doctor says, well, we'll just have to fight sabotage with sabotage. And he goes over to another part of the bridge and removes a panel to tear out some wiring or something like that when another crewman comes across and tries to stop him and they fight. Meanwhile, Tooze looks up to the, the screen and says, shouts and screams something that, you know, that they're, they're blowing or they're going to blow and the engines are going to blow and we end. So do you notice at all that they had to rearrange the ending points? The ending points? So this episode apparently when it was first written came in at 14 minutes long I could see that and so what they ended up having to do was they tacked a, the opening bit to the first episode mm -hmm. to shove the cliffhanger into for, that was for the first episode into the second episode it was the point where Leela is being faced down by the dumb mm. that was originally the cliffhanger for the first episode not the doctor trapped in a cork bat. Mm. 
Did you notice it at all? I mean, did it stand out? It didn't really to me. I think they, no. they covered it okay. No, I didn't notice. I think it worked fine. Yeah, I thought it was so. okay. Obviously, we didn't really think the cliffhanger from last time was all that great, but I think it was a fine enough way to end. I don't know that the other way would have been much better. You know, it's like we live in some... There's some there's a reveal, so that would have been interesting to stop on, you know. Oh, the, the revelation that the dumb can talk? Well, that she's, you said that she's facing off with the, the dumb. Is that how they were going to end? It's like, I don't know how much, how effective that was. It's not like we haven't seen the black, the dark colored robots before. Right. We have seen them. So it's not like, you know, he's the only one of his kind and nobody's seen him yet. Right. And there's a point that, you know, the fact that he's not supposed to be able to talk and can. But, um,. I think it works better coming out in the story as it is. Yeah. Well, and honestly, when you see the first killing, if you were to compare it to the dumb facing off against Leela, mm -hmm. you'd immediately realize that his eyes weren't glowing. Yeah. At least I think you would. And so I think that would ruin the sense of suspense that you might have. Mm-hmm for that week between episodes. Yeah. Because I think you come to realize there's no danger. It's not the killer. Yeah. But that is a small detail that could be quickly overlooked. Yeah. Until you I think, think about first, it a little more. But well, yeah, I think in the week, yeah. you would realize reasonably quickly. Yeah. Thinking about the episode that uh, she's not facing a killer robot. Right. Yes, eyes are not bike reflector red. That's right. But I forgot to mention that, but the, as he comes towards her, we do see the robot eye view, mm -hmm. which is like the attack on um, Chubb. So I can see how that re relate and how you could think that. But, uh, I find the bits with the the crew on their own to be very tedious. Yeah, especially as they are trying to mine. Yeah. Look, go switch to this degree to this and that so they can find the ore stream. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't care about your little fights about who might have done what. So, I know that's, that there's a point to them being so argumentative because they've been trapped on the ship for months and months and whatever. But I don't care about <laughs> about their little squabbles, you know? I guess. I, I find it hard to care about any of them. <laughs> yeah. The only one that's mildly okay is, so, well, two. Two's is okay. Um, yeah. So far. And cool. Except he said kind of some sexist kind of things about Leela. Said, "Oh, you still must be stronger than you look." It's like, 
She could kill you with her bare hands. Um, and she's carrying a knife. Yeah. Uh, so you really want to taunt her? <laughs> um, and then he says again, says something when they're tired, when they're restrained that, well, and it wasn't her because uh, you know somebody had to, was really strong to be able to strangle them. Like not that I want her to be a suspect any more than they already think she is, but you know, yeah, she's strong enough. <laughs> That being said, otherwise, yeah, he's he's the inquisitive one, the one who's willing to think outside of themselves and believe that the doctor and Lulu didn't have anything to do with it and recognizes that they may be able to help him. Right. So he's the sympathetic uh, one that is going to work with them in this story, so I like him well enough for that. Uh, and Zilda doesn't seem like a bad, you know, uh, stuck-up, snooty person like the commander makes yeah. her out to be. Maybe a little. She seems like a high school girl to me oh. in attitude. But she kind of seems like, I think she seems that way because of all his comments to her. Maybe. So maybe she... So she obviously doesn't like him, and you can tell that. But she seems like she wants to just get on with her job. It's like, leave me alone. Let me work. Whenever he talks to her. But uh, yeah, all the other parts where they're talking amongst themselves, I, I really don't care about them enough to listen. <laughs> I guess it's kind of unfortunate, but... Do you want to talk about twos or singles? Sure. Just took me a little while because, uh, but I recognized Tusa's voice and could not figure out where I'd seen her before. And that's because she's in one of my favorite episodes much later. My favorite Seventh Doctor episode, probably. Remembrance of the Daleks. She plays the Lady Professor mm-hmm. on the, one of the, the squads, the, the research team, whatever they're called in that episode. I just thought it was funny when you were sitting here with watching and you're just like having a conniption fit because you realized who she was. Like, and I haven't seen that one enough times to even begin to recognize her. So it was all the voice. So sorry I wasn't able to share in that overjoy. No, it's just her voice. I recognized her voice very clearly. Uh-huh. And oh, then it dawned on me where I recognized it. Oh, yeah, some of them you do. Um, I think one of them for me was the uh, the guy who played the uh, Thal, and he played something else, and he was also in the um, Rebos operation as the guard. Um, I forget his, his real name, but we've seen him in a couple so far. Mm. And then there's Philip Madoc, of course, to sure. recognize him, but also recognize his voice really well uh, when you've seen him. Uh the Doctor Who regular. <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. So, And those are more well-known to me, probably, than to you. So. But it's, it's just, I don't know why. It's so fun to, to recognize them. Oh, yeah, he was in this, and remember this one? And, uh, and of course, we do that with 
you know, TV and movies and other things like that that we watch. Like, oh my God, look at that. He was in this, and before we even saw him in this series, he is in now. It's kind of fun to cross-reference. Like a little discovery. I find that I laugh quite a bit at Leela's um, back talk. <laughs> oh, she's hysterical. Um, yeah, almost more than the, than the doctor has in this one. Um, yeah. I did like his um, his response to the, you mean, and it's just a coincidence that you were said, so, oh, that wasn't a rhetorical question? <laughs> it's what he starts to say, but he doesn't finish the thought. But he's, yes, yes, it was a coincidence. Because I think he realizes that the guys not may not even know what a rhetor rhetorical question is. Maybe. What makes me laugh, or not laugh, but what bothers me in that scene is the waste of the jelly babies. I know. Oh my god! Knocks them out of the doctor's hand. Or Borg, who ends up being dead later. I think that. Um, it's for. Spilling all the jelly babies. Yeah, he offers a, a jerk. He didn't even offer him, but he was having one, I think. No, he did no, offer him. No, he does one. offer him. And yeah. he just knocks the bottom of the doctor's hand so the jelly babies just go flying. It's like, oh. I know. It's like five second rule on a mining ship. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Another example of not liking the, the crew at all. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was pretty funny. Just my favorite rhetorical question story is my first uh, history class in um, at junior college that I really liked. Um, the first class ever of the series, the instructor who was one of my favorite teachers in junior college, was talking about history, and history has changed, you know, history has changed, and something else. I forget what his question was, but one person held up his hand and went to answer it, and he just looked at him and says, that was a rhetorical question. I didn't want you to try to answer it. You know, that was, it's like, okay, I think I'm going to like this. But I thought she was extremely funny. Um, well, he's not supposed to. He does doesn't. He's not capable of speech. Have you asked him about that? Well, and then you see the dumb sort of give her a little shake, like shut up. Like, yeah, don't say anything. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. He can't. No. <laughs> oh, and when he and she makes a robot man too. Is there anyone still alive to ask them? <laughs> I think there's one other one, but I didn't really write that one down. But um, I thought that was great. So I guess it's uh, I th the episode was pretty. It was pretty good, except for you know there was a couple slow parts, but at least we're. You know, 
we're moving on with with the, the doctor and Leela being able to investigate the murders instead of just being accused of them. You know. Yeah. So that's a little bit of progress in the story. Although really only Poole realizes they're investigating the murder. Yes. Yes. Murderers. But Poole has had the, the commander uh, uh, taken away. Um, restrained, I guess he says. So maybe he'll be more in charge now. And then, of course, we have the ship disaster leading into our ending. So. <coughs> Do you have anything else? I don't think so. We had a couple more insets of a model with the CSO uh, live action picture in the, mm -hmm. the window section. One I think was the same, or mostly the same as one we saw in the last episode, but there was another one that looked a little bit different. That was still done pretty well. No other bad effects or anything. Oh, except there was one that the, I didn't see it, but the production note says when Zilda goes into mm -hmm. the room, there's a... There's a mirror on the wall. Yeah. You can very clearly see one of the production crews standing there in his white shirt. It stands out. They should really take direction from like the stage plays where they have the, you know, the prop people wear all black so you don't see them when they're you know, clearing things and stuff. Maybe that's a more recent thing. Actually, I, I, I read that in the notes, but I didn't see it because I looked in the mirror and said, oh, that's kind of a neat, look like it has stained glass around the edge. <laughs> I was distracted by the, the, the fact that the mirror was pretty. So <laughs> I missed it. It was. That's why I thought she was in her quarters. It's mm. kind of a girly kind of a mirror, and it seemed to have kind of like a purpley like flower. And her dress is like all purple and lavender. So it seemed to be fitting like she was in her own quarters. Um, so I was surprised when they said, good, she's in the commander's quarters. But I think that's a, a digress. What's that? I digress. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Uh, sinker blow up. Yeah. It's not a particularly involving cliffhanger, in a way. Yeah. It's not to me. Yeah, it's like. It's. It's kind of disjointed, and then the doctor is jumping in to try to help, but then somebody is trying to keep him from helping somehow, and he fights with a, a crew member, and then Tooze is trying to keep control of stuff, and then she's screaming about the 
you know, it's going to blow or something like that. So it seems very um, separate. separated. They're all trying to work together but yet separate and it's hard to follow. And I don't know why the, you know, I couldn't understand why the doctor, why they were trying to stop him from trying to help. Unless that Finland was the one who did the sabotage to begin with. I think because they don't trust him yet. Oh, that could be. Only pool is a Seems trusting of him. Right. And Twos was not letting that um, get in the way of, of letting him help for a few minutes anyway. Uh, she just sees that he might be able to help, so she tells him, "Well, this is what how it's happening, and we'll either engines will blow, or or we'll if we turn him off, we'll sink." So. seems to trust him enough to see to enlist his help maybe yeah not not to say the rest of the crew do so that's understandable I guess so do we I don't think they're gonna blow up or sink in the sand but you know something has to be resolved for them to for those things not to happen so I guess it's just a matter of well the robots step in and, and control something or will the doctor be able to stop things from happening yeah. that's the question isn't it yeah it's not a great one but it's, a, no. it's enough for a middle episode probably yeah, I guess so it's fine Anything else? No. All right, then. Well, join us on Monday when we see how they get out of this one. And that's when we will talk about part three of The Robots of Death. So, join us then, and thank you for listening.